Give it up for our Breakaway Worship team. So, just love having, just we get that every Wednesday night. They put in a lot of time and effort. They usually get there on Wednesday before I'm even there to get things set up. And uh, the, the one bummer is, though, all of them are seniors. So, like, we go through the revolving door. We kind of build them up, have a great team. Um, but then we'll be starting to rebuild. But just love our breakaway worship. They're just amazing on Wednesday night. Sometimes there's Wednesdays where they can't make it, so I'm just kind of going up there preaching kind of like cold, trying to set the atmosphere. But it's just amazing when you have be able to have a time of worship like that on a Wednesday night. And it's just truly something special, and uh, we don't take for granted at, uh, at, on a Wednesday night. So we just appreciate that. So, well, it's an honor to be up here this morning. For those who don't know, my name is Jacob Clark, and I have the honor to lead... Breakaway, our youth group, with my amazing wife, Kyla, and uh, it's every Wednesday. I know a lot of youth groups kind of maybe break off, whether it's the summer months, but we just roll straight through, and we just love keeping the teens active, usually on a Wednesday, keep them active going, try to do something maybe once a month on a weekend, just we love being involved with the teens, and we, as you saw, uh, we have an amazing volunteer leader team, and it's they're, I'm proud of my team, uh, proud of just what they're doing, uh, they're, they're also special to me in the sense because when I started, many of them were only maybe just a freshman in high school. And so this is like the first kind of full revolving door that I've seen where they have gone up through youth group. Uh, many of them have even met or at least dated their spouses throughout uh, Breakaway. And then this past couple years has been involved in a lot of their weddings. So just amazing to proud of my team and where they're at. And uh, so... But so this morning, I want to start off with just a couple of thank yous if you guys may have heard it from the offering and things like that. But I want to thank if there's any parents in this room that send their teens to Breakaway, uh, thank you. Thank you for trusting us with your teens. We don't take that lightly. And uh, thank you for just kind of maybe dropping them off and leaving because uh, we, you might get a little worried if you see what sometimes we do with the teens. But everyone's come home at least most of their pieces. I don't think we really had a broken bone or anything, but we, we, usually, we usually get them back all right. But, but truly, just thank you. We have a blast with them. Uh, if you didn't see the video, we had our kickoff a couple weeks ago. We always have a huge bonfire. I think we had like 30, 40 foot flames. Like we just, you could feel it from the porch of BC West. And uh, we just love uh, having a blast with the teams. We go out our big trips on the summers. We've gone all the way to the Adirondacks one year. We've gone to Creation Fest this year. And just a week or so, we're headed out to Ohio to Alive. So to take a group of 20 plus teens, four hour trip, go camping with them for four nights. Uh, we have a blast and things like that. So thank you for parents for entrusting us. And then if you are a giving member of this church, thank you huge for just allowing Breakaway to be what it is. Uh, Sean might've mentioned it the other week, but when we had that car wash, just for our teens to be able to go to a live kind of without cost. Like we're, we raised in like two and a half hours, you as a church gave $2,000 for our teens to be able to go, just to go to an amazing time uh, at a creation, uh, Christian music festival to enjoy that. So uh, Breakaway is what it is because of the importance and value that you guys see in it and you give to that. And so just a huge thank you to, to that. Um, so let's pray, then we'll get into the word. Dear Father, I thank you for this time, this opportunity to open your word, and we just ask that hearts would be prepared and open to hear what you have to say. You know every heart in this room, and we just ask that you would speak to them individually, speak to their hearts, and we thank you for this time. In your name, amen. And so, this, uh, what I want to share with you today is what I would call our breakaway mission statement, and this is not just from me personally. Uh, it came up as our leader group as a whole a couple of months ago now. I asked them two questions. Why are you a breakaway leader, and what is your goal? And so they kind of all had 
uh, some different answers, but as it should be, there was a lot of common answers in there. And so we, I kind of broke it down. We came up with five points. I brought it back to them and said, hey, this is, this is what I came up with, and they all agreed on it. And so I just want to go, kind of a lot to cover in one service, but we're just kind of going to hit the, to- the topics quick. So I have five points for you this morning, and uh, we're going to start with point number one is the most important one, is to fall in love with Jesus, all right? To come to that place to truly fall in love with Jesus. And there was, uh, I think a couple years ago, we had, we went kind of through a series of each leader gave a testimony a week. And so the teens were able to kind of know more in details of what our leaders, their past was like, what they came through. It was just when you can have your leaders give their testimony so the teens know, hey, they've gone through stuff like we have, it's very touching. And we have one specific leader um, who had a pretty kind of, wasn't the easiest upbringing, but in her testimony, she c- came to a spot to say, I finally fell in love with the one who loved me first. It was like, yes, that, that is it. If we can get every single teen that comes to Breakaway to come to that position, yes. And if you're here this morning, that is what we want, to finally come to a place to understand, to love him who loved us first. And we'll um, start with uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. will be on the screen. We'll start with that. But it says, Hear, o Israel. Oh, there's a point. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. All right, love the Lord your God with, pretty much you can say, with everything you got. It's that simple. God loved us. We were to love him back. That's the greatest command. But just to break that down a little bit, to love your, the Lord your God with all your heart. All your heart is the, your inmost being, who you truly are. Eventually, that's going to come out. You can act a certain way, but eventually your heart is going to come out. So we're called to love God with everything we got. Starts with the inside. The second one is the soul, right? When we love God with our soul, one in my study, one of the words that I thought was cool that was associated with the soul was appetite, right? Appetite. Your soul is hungry, all right? And it's we are created with an appetite for God. We try to fill it with many other things, but your soul will never be satisfied until you fill it with the right thing. And that is God, your creator, who created you with that desire to love him back because you understand that he loved you first. And then if you have your inside, your heart and your soul in the right place, eventually it's gonna come on the outside and that's where we see with your might. Love God with all your might. And then we'll have Mark bring it into the New Testament, Mark 12, chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, but I think they got it on the screen, this service. And uh, they, he's arguing with some Pharisees. And obviously the Pharisees lo- just love to try and chip up Jesus. It's great sometimes just to see their arguments. Jesus messes with them. But Jesus answered them, and then another Pharisee had another question for him. So he started in Mark 12. I'm just going to start in 28. And one of the scribes came and heard them arguing, and recognizing that he had answered them well, asked him, what, is the foremost, what, is the, what commandment is the foremost of all? And Jesus answered, the foremost is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. All right, so we got mind added in there. But pretty much it's, there's four times you have it circled. There's four different times that all is mentioned. And so I'm pretty sure all means all, and that's all all means. So everything you got, we are to love God back. That is the greatest commandment. And now I love it where the Old Testament they haven't, they didn't, Christ hasn't died on the cross yet. Even here in the New Testament, Christ hasn't quite gone on the cross. So they're seen as a commandment, but also they have, they're more in that sense of the fear and reverence of God. They understand that God is great. He is the one and only, and that they are to have a fear and reverence from him. And so it is that commandment to love God. Now for us, we get to look back on to the New Testament and see that, hey, 
What did Christ do on that cross? That, he took our, our sin, our shame, and placed it on him. And then we get his, through the blood of Christ, God places his righteousness on us. It's just amazing. And so we get to, you, the goal is for the teens, and if you're here this morning, the most important thing is to come to that place to understand, to love God with everything you got. Why? Because he loved you first. And the cross proves that. The cross proves that the love of God, that he sent his son, put on flesh, and then he just, he went to the cross for you and I. That was what we took. For all of sin and fall short of the glory, that was us. We all, sw- we all came from that filthy pit of sin. We couldn't save ourselves. We needed a savior, and that was Christ. So the most important thing that we could ever do is that decision with what you're gonna do with Jesus Christ. And we're commanded to love the greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your inmost being, your, with all your soul, the depth of who you are, with all your mind. What do you think about throughout the day? Are you... Are you are your thoughts on trying, are trying to honor and glorify God with all that you do? And then it comes on the outside with all your strength. We are to love God with all we got. So that was point number one. Point number two is understand your value. You understand what God says about you, then you can go through life pretty much untouchable. Understanding your value, we'll just look at one verse for this one. This is Psalm 139.14, common one but leave it up there for a little bit. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. I will give thanks, that is the Hebrew word yada, and that is to throw or cast. So in this sense, we're throwing or casting praise and thanksgiving to God. Why? Because we understand that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If you haven't come to that place, I hope you come to that place this morning, that you understand that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That is separate, separated and distinct. You might have people look alike to you in the world. You may have people that might have the same attributes as you, characteristics. But when it comes down to it, there is only one you. God created one you for a specific purpose. And you have to understand your value. And then wonderful are your works. That wonderful are your works is extraordinary or marvelous. All right, do you see yourself as a marvelous, extraordinary work of God? Because God created all things, but his greatest creation is mankind, you and I. It is amazing how he created us and created us with, for a purpose, and that was to have a relationship with him, to honor and glorify him. So wonderful, or marvelous, extraordinary are your works. And then it says, my soul knows it very well. And it, I love it when I, in the study I came to the very well, it means force or abundance. So the question is, does your soul know in abundance your value? Because that is what it's talking about. I give thanks to God, throw her and casting praise, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, separated and distinct. Wonderful are your works extraordinary, marvelous. My soul in abundance knows my value. I pray that you come to that place this morning. All right, because when you get the point one and point two where you understand that we are called to love God with everything we got, and then you understand the value that he has placed on your life, then you're in a great setup for what the rest of what we have, the points we have to go over. But when you understand what God says your value is, then you're pretty much untouchable. There's a, there it's good to have a core group in your life that you can go to and that their opinions matter to you, that, but because you know that they have your best interests in mind, that they are good, godly people that can help guide you and direct you in life. But if you're allowing your value to be determined by the outside world, you're just uh, a wave in the wind, you're just a uh, seed blown, whatever it is, like you're just gonna not be able to stay firm. But would you come to this place and understand, I know God says I am valuable, and you come to that place, then you're untouchable. The world can say what they want about you, but when you know what God says about you, you're in a firm, solid place. And so when you understand your value, then we can come to point number three, and that is to boldly break away from this world. 
And boldly, that's what you have to be solid on your value. Know what Christ says about you in order to be boldly break away from this world. Because it's a crazy world we live in. And our theme verses we have on our breakaway shirts is Ephesians 5.8. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For you were formerly darkness. That's that point of understanding that we were all, we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God and we needed a savior. But now when you accept and believe and acknowledge Christ as Lord and Savior in your life, but now you are light in the Lord. So we are taken from out of darkness and put into light. And now we are to walk as children of light. We are to walk separate from the world, walk distinct. We're not supposed to be in, in, in the, look like it. We're to be in the world, but not of it. And, this is, and God has given us the power to do so. But you are formerly darkness. When you think of light and dark, there's a pretty clear distinct, all right? If you shine a light on something, and then you can, or even just think about a shadow, all right? When a light hits something, you have where the light can engage, then there's a pretty dividing line where the light is blocked. And so it's not like we're, when we say boldly, we need to boldly break away from the world. We can't just say, I'm going to be iffy on this. I'm going to try and go along with this. I'm just kind of uh, fit in with them. No, we have to boldly break away from the world. And another verse is Acts 26, 18. And Paul is given a defense here before King Agrippa, and he um, goes back and he's giving his testimony about when Christ was on the road to Damascus, and he was called to preach to the Jewish, the Jews and the Gentiles. And this is what's going to, when Paul preaches and, and God works through him, this is what happens. Paul was preaching to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith. But back to that first part. This is where we see and hear it often. There's only two teams. There's Team Satan and there's Team God. To open their eyes, understand that we're all under Team Satan. We all start there. To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light. All right, there's that dark to light. And then from the dominion of Satan. All right? God doesn't have a rival. He doesn't have an equal. But there is a very real sense that Satan has power. He is given, he is known as the rule and prince and power of this world, this air. All right? God allows that. It's not that God can't stop it, but for whatever reason, God allows that. And so we need to be transferred from the domain of Satan to God. And that is that sense when we fall in love with Jesus, understand what he's done for us, and understand our value, we need to boldly break away from the world. And one of the, just a specific way we can do it is to choose relationships wisely. Uh, If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Corinthians 6. A common passage used often, but 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. And there's just so many examples where it's a pretty clear break, right? Verse 14, do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness have in common? All right, you have those who walk according to what God says is right, and then you have those who just want to do their own thing. All right, you can't just kind of combine the two and say, hey, I'm living right with God, but also living right with Satan. It doesn't work. All right, you can't be in the middle here. It's pretty pretty straightforward. Righteousness and lawlessness. Or what fellowship has light with darkness, right? There's a pretty dividing line. If you're in the light, you're in the light. If you're in the dark, you're in the dark. Uh, Verse 15, or what harmony has Christ and Belial? Again, those two teams. Team Team Satan or Team God? What has a believer in common with an unbeliever? You either believe or you don't believe. If you're wishy-washy, then you really don't believe, right? You either believe or you don't believe. You know you you know it or you don't. You believe it or you don't believe it. Verse 16, or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God has said. For those who have accepted, acknowledged Christ Lord and Savior, we understand that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. How can we 
be the temple of God, and then go live in the world as filth, all right? And go be associated with the world. Do what the world does. When, and when we understand that you've taken the Holy Spirit with you, like in a sense, you are God's temple. So we have to be separated. Verse 17, or continue in 16. God says, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. All right? If God is your God, then there has to be distinct difference. Verse 17, therefore, come out from the midst and be separate. God is calling us to be separate, be in the world, but not of it, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Just the sense of, again, we have, you can be boldly break away. We can be in the world, but not of it. We can't just come to church and act like a Christian and then go out and live like there's no change in our life the rest of the week. A couple other verses is Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with the wise will be wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. If you want to be a wise person, you got to hang out with wise people, all right? But if you want to suffer harm, go live with a fool. Go uh, have fun with a fool, all right? Choose relationships wisely. Another one is 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Again, pretty simple. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character, good morals, all right? That first part, do not be deceived. If you think you can hang out with somebody that isn't living for God and you can just hang out with them you, and that can be your close friendship, then you're deceiving yourself. You think you can change them. Do not be deceived, all right? It's pretty clear. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. And the corrupt in here is the term of like spoil, destroy, ruin. I think it was last year for an illustration for one of my messages to the teens, uh, two weeks prior, or at least a week, maybe two weeks prior, I had taken out two pieces of meat. One I put in a jar. I covered it, made sure no flies could get to it, and just left it on the counter for two weeks, and it was pretty warm out. The other piece of meat I put in a jar, and I just covered that thing in salt. No flies could get to it, but I just covered that in salt. So when the time was come for me to speak on using that illustration, I took both jars to me, to the youth group, set them down in front, and I asked somebody who has a good nose, and uh, unfortunately for this lovely young lady, she thought I was talking about the shape of her nose. But So she, she thought she had a good nose. Well, she wasn't expecting to me open up a rotten piece of meat in a jar and allow her to smell. And it was bad. All right, Pastor Sean was in the room at that point, and he was in the back of the room. And it didn't take long for him to like almost gag back there because it was, it was truly just a rotten piece of meat. One piece, a piece of meat left on the counter kind of about this time of year, so it was hot out, muggy, and it just did not smell good. It stunk up the whole room. But this is that term corrupt. So don't think that you can hang out with bad people and not be affected by it. We're to be in the world, but not of it. Now there's that sense, whether you have coworkers, there's that times where you have to be friends and just work alongside with, whether you're on a sports team or whether you're at work where you have coworkers and you're with them every day. But when it comes down to who do you, when you have free time to choose who you hang out with, who is it? Who are you going to for advice? Who is it that is going to be that you're looking to for support to get you through a tough season? If you're looking to the wrong people, they're going to corrupt and decay you. And so just boldly breaking away one specific area is choosing that relationships. And especially as working with the teens, that is huge at, at their age, right? That there's a, they have those people in school that are just always getting in trouble. If you're going to hang out with them, eventually you're going to get caught and get in trouble. Where you have those you can choose that are living according to God to right, and then you have fellow salt and light that are encouraging and building each other. And when you have one light that's trying to live by itself in a dark world, eventually it needs to be kind of be encouraged and things like that. And so that's why we love Breakaway. The teens that come, we have an amazing group, and they encourage each other. And I just love seeing them hang out together 
because they're, they're in that same, uh, trying to be a light in the dark world. They go out in their schools, but they come back on Wednesday, get rebuilt up and charged for the middle of the week. And that's why I love it on a Wednesday night because even from Sunday to Wednesday, it can be a long span of time. You guys even know for a, a work week, you go, you leave here Sunday all pumped up, Monday morning comes, and there's a lot of people that are just like grumping through work. So sometimes that can be tiring, wearing you down. But then whether you're part of a small uh, living connected group, that just builds you up for the middle of the week to get you through till Sunday. And so we just have to be in fellowship with each other, choose our relationships, who we're going through advice, be very uh, careful and wise. And that's, where we, that's just one area that we can break away from this world, and it helps us to live uh, in light and be that light in the dark world. All right, point number uh, four we have is live an abundant life. And it, I think this, for me, is one of the huge for the teens, uh, just because church can be fun. I grew up sort of sometimes you're, whether you came from a, a Baptist background and church wasn't maybe necessarily fun. It's not like you look forward to going to church, but we can have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun with the teens. And uh, like we, in the winter where we're stuck inside, we still play a lot of fun games, right? The building pays for it. There's still a wall patch on the wall that still needs to be painted because someone went through the wall and things like that. There's actually divots in the wall from people throwing dodgeballs. I mean, that is not, we're, we're no wimps either because if you're playing dodgeball, you're getting hit with a ball. Like a, a rubber ball, if it puts a dent in the wall, that's flying at a pretty good speed. So you don't want to get hit by that. So we're playing some real dodgeball. We have fun with the teens. We've had the fun with an hour and then our last hour is time of worship and word. And that is, that is the heart of our leaders. And this, is, this whole message is kind of from a heart of from the leaders, but there's can be applied to any, any one of our lives here in this room. And so to live an abundant life, understand that you can walk through the Christian life, live the Christian life, live for God and have an abundant life. Yeah, it may not be the abundance of according to what, God's, or what the world says, but when you live an abundant life, what God says, it's a, so much better. And the difference is in John 10.10. 10. Right, again, we see the two teams. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. What kind of life is that? Right, if you're on Team Satan, he just wants to steal, kill, and destroy. There might be times where he allows you to enjoy your time on the earth, but he knows that you're not living for God. He might let you have it, but in the end game, to steal, kill, and destroy, that is Team Satan. But Jesus is saying, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. All right, we're not just like going through life, barely getting by. We want to have abundant life. And Jesus says, that is what I want to give you. And so you have the world, or what do, maybe what does the world say about abundant life? You have the money, the fame, in America, you have stuff, 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 and more stuff. How many storage units do you drive around, buy around here, all right? There's just storage units that keep going up, it seems like, all right? It's stuff. That's what the world says. You can have world money, the fame, and stuff, but an empty heart. But when you come to Romans 15, 13, and see what God says about abundant life, this is true abundant life. Romans 15, 13 says, now, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you have the world. What does it say about abundant life is? Maybe world, fame, stuff, and stuff, but an empty heart. But when you live according to what God says abundant life and understanding that this is what he wants to live in, you have hope, joy, and peace. If you're living with hope, joy, and peace, you have a full heart. You might not have all the stuff that the world says you should have, the American dream of a nice house, two cars, amazing garage, maybe some property, whatever, good job. But that could leave you still with an empty heart. Because how many millionaires and everything's out there, they have everything in the world could ever offer, but they're still searching. 
Right? But when you're at this place, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that's an abundant life with a full heart. And you find the three always usually come together. If you find somebody that is hopeful, now hope is that the hope of our salvation is the anchor for our soul, all right? The hope of your salvation needs to be the anchor for your soul. You can go through life, face the storms, but you can still be full of hope because we are guaranteed that one day for those who accepted Jesus Christ and acknowledged him as Lord and Savior in our life, there is one day we'll stand before him face to face. And hope you will receive well done, thy good and faithful service, servant. Everything will be made right, and what a glorious day that will be to be able to st- spend in paradise with him. And that is the hope of our salvation, all right? And then the joy. Don't let anyone take your joy. Here, Pastor Sean may say it often. It's something I try to tell the teens. Don't let anyone take your joy. Because you may not realize it, but it is up to you to give. Now, someone, you may allow someone, you may have hold a grudge against someone, and you're saying, well, they did this and this and that. Well, it's your choice to let that bother you or not. Sometimes it can be a tough choice. Sometimes you have to really be, make a conscious choice, like this person is always annoying me at work. This person is always uh, nagging me but I choose not to let them take my joy because we can have the joy comes from, from God. It's not on what the world, what anybody, any other circumstances, when you have the joy that comes from Christ, knowing what he's done for you, we can go, go through life full of joy. Sometimes you might have to, certain times in uh, your life where you just have to wake up every morning, like even just this week, what would happen if every morning you woke up this week, I choose joy. There was a time in my life where it was, I wasn't necessarily down and out, but I decided to do that for a week where I consciously chose joy in the morning every week, all right? You, you can't help but have an amazing day when you choose joy in the morning. Start your day with choosing joy and reminding yourself of what God has done for you because it's not about this life. We need to be living for the next. And when you're choosing joy and living for the next, then this life becomes amazing because it can't affect you when you're living in that place of what God says and, uh, and being in right with him and choosing that joy. Rejoice. This is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. It's a choice. All right? Choose joy. And then that peace, Jesus says, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. All right? For those of us who have gone through maybe tragedy, different things, you understand that there's that peace that surpasses understanding. Some people haven't got that yet. And it's only, and they, some people can't grasp it. They see you w- walking through a tough time in your life, and you're like, how can you just be at peace with it? But until you actually go through something and you rely on God for that peace, then you feel it, all right? I personally know that <clears throat> peace that surpasses understanding. Because in 2017, my mom was healed from brain cancer by the Lord taking her home, all right? I had people where I grew up in East New York, people came out to visit, and she was in hospice care for a week or something like that. And honestly, my mom was on her deathbed, and we were having a blast. So it might not it might sound bad, but that was the truth. Yes, there was a circumstance in life that was tough. Mom was dying. There's no question about it. But my family had a blast. We called it like stickball. There was up in Buffalo, found a woods, grabbed a big stick, and we had, my sister had a volleyball. We were out in the parking lot just laughing, loving the day, even though mom is on her deathbed. And our souls were at peace because why? Because we have a peace not that comes from circumstances, not that comes with things that are going on, but because we have a peace that comes from only from God. And sometimes you don't get that until you actually walk through it and rely on God for that peace. And so this is, this is abundant life, hope, joy, and peace. And I just encourage you, whether it's the teens or you're here this morning, understand that you can have an abundant life living for God 
And uh, the other thing that I encourage your teens is like, if you don't know what to do, like God has given you skills, abilities, and talents that are used to be used for him. If you don't know what to do, just find something you enjoy and go for it, but allow God to work in your life to direct you. One of my favorite verses is Psalms 37, four. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, All right? And that first part is the most important key part, delight yourself. That is to take pleasure in him. Like everything in life, you just, what do you take pleasure in? I mean, I'm a big ice cream guy. Maple syrup is sometimes my breakfast is just a glass of milk, this much milk with this much maple syrup in it. It's amazing. Gets you through till lunchtime, all right? I take pleasure in some really sweet maple milk, all right? But what, when it comes to delight yourself in the Lord is allow, like take your heart, your soul, take pleasure in God and his word. And when you do that, then your heart is lined up with his desires and that's how you can get the desires of your heart because it's not about us, it's about him. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And uh, it's, that verse came to me when I was, I was always one that wanted to graduate high school, get married young and just have it like just love my family, love life and that thing like that. And the, the marriage part didn't quite, it came pretty quick, but not quite as quick as I wanted it. And so there was that time where I was single. I'm like, all right, I just got to come back to this place of delighting myself. And when I truly came to that place of delighting myself, that's when I met my wife. Amazing how God works things out. When you allow him to be first in your life, delight, find your pleasure in him, then your heart's desires will fall in line. Now that's abundant life. Just allow him to be, allow yourself to be used by God. Go for maybe your, some skills or talents like that you can, you know that you're good at, you enjoy. Like I got involved with the youth, not as, I didn't, it was never my dream to be up here, to speak every Wednesday, even to be here on a Sunday morning to preaching to you. That was not, that's not me. I was blessed with some um, ability for sports and things like that. So like I love when I got involved with the youth, I could go out and, uh, we are very competitive at breakaway. Uh, some leaders might get a little mad if they lose, uh, just a little. But I just love playing sports with the teens. And like some, there has been times where like, even just playing them, playing like hard, knowing that I have athletic ability and I can beat them and we don't let them win. Like we play, we played it. Unfortunately, I'm starting to get up there. So like the seniors are able to, whether they're faster than me or something, might have to trip them or hold their shirts just a little bit. Give, keep, I gotta keep my advantage, all right? But just that, just playing with the teens was just, that's how I got started, which is I want to be involved, help with the teens, use my athletic ability just to have fun with the teens, even a way to, whether it's earn respect. Like if you can beat a teen at his sport, then they might have a little more respect for you. When they're, then when you have something to say, they might actually listen. All right, so that was just how it started. It was never my dream of mine to ever be up here speaking to two people. Never was never good at it. We had like, in high school, I was told I was just monotone, like, yeah. I was never thought I'd be in front of people, but when you just allow yourself to use the talents and gifts that God has given you and just say, I'm open God to see what you have to do, you'll be amazed at what he can do in your life. And then the last one we come to is five, is honoring God. You can, we'll be back in Deuteronomy uh, 10, 12 through 14. But this is just keeping God at that right place. We have that, it starts with the most important thing of loving God with all you got, understanding the value that he's placed on your life, when you have those two set in place, you can boldly break away from the world because you don't care what the world says about you. You only care what God says. And then in doing that, you can live an abundant life, but we want to do it in a way that is truly honoring and pleasing God. And so Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 14 just closes it out very well. And now, Israel, what does the Lord require from you but to fear the Lord your God, 
just to keep him in that respect, that reverence. He loved us first, so we loved him, but also he is the God who's in control. Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So we have to have that healthy fear and reverence of God. Yes, he's going to the greatest length so we can have a relationship with him, but we cannot lose our fear and reverence of the Lord. But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, same as we've been talking about, with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes that I am commanding you today for your good. And then verse 14, Behold, to the Lord belong the heaven and the highest heavens, the earth and all that it is. Recognizes that it all came from God. He created it. So by him, through him, and to him are all things. He created us for a purpose. Now it's to honor and serve him. And so this was just the heart of the breakaway team for our teens and then it's also if you're here tonight this is my heart for you just to if you can have these five points in your life what an amazing life you got to live honoring God living abundant life for him Dear Father, we thank you for this opportunity to open your word we thank you that it is alive and powerful we thank you that your word is true that we can bank on it I thank you that you are the same yesterday today and forever we just thank you for everyone here in this room bless them as they leave today in your name amen Amen. Amen. You know, to, to, to really, truly, properly honor my man Jacob and his lovely bride, Kyla, is they just, they lead something very special and they know it. They know what an honor it is to lead uh, teenagers, your teenagers, and just what a privilege it is that you really do trust us with your teenagers in this, the very sensitive age that they're in of the questions and the concerns and the insecurities and the growing and the decision-making and where do we go and what do we do and uh, to be able to be here at this house in this church and that you trust your teens with us and they do get aggressive I'd be like okay Jacob um, what hole is this in the wall now <laughs> like because we use that for weddings it's the women's ministry over there and then there's a youth breakaway hole in the wall they take breakaway like the walls are they can break so like you know he gets out the, you know, the, the mud and he fixes it and buys drywall. And, um, but to see what God is doing in and through the breakaway ministry, that God by his spirit is moving in such a beautiful, powerful way. I mean, to have Jacob and Kyla on staff and, and he works part-time for us and what they're able to do with their leadership with what God is doing in and through that ministry. Church, we are, we are the ones who are blessed to have Jacob and Kyla here. And just in that sense of, you know, Jacob came like when I'm like, all right, like Renee and I are just praying like, okay, God, who's going to lead Breakaway? Because you, you know my heart, my heart is from zero to 24, man. I want this age as to, to build a foundation in this age of truth and to lay that foundation that Jesus is King and God Almighty is creator of the heaven and the earth and we're to walk in this healthy, holy fear of him. And then when you do that throughout that foundation of family and kids and children and teenagers and young adults and college students, man, then you build something that is a lifetime for them in Christ. And Lord, who's going to lead that? And it was in our heart for Jacob Kyla to lead that. And Jacob's like, man, I just want to 
be a diesel guy. Like, I just want to drive an excavator and drive a big truck and a dirt, put dirt in it and drive it around. And, and, you know, as you know, his father, Pastor Jerry Clark, who's here a part of this church, you've heard him preach many times, uh, that's his father. And, and as a family of ministers and just what, what God has called Jacob to in this church, I said, bro, this is the deal, man. It's about heart. Like your heart is right before the Lord. And these teenagers are going to follow heart. They're going to, they're going to follow heart. And man, you know, the whole standing in front of people and the whole speaking and preparing a message, like your dad can coach you on that. I will coach you on that and we'll get out the notes and we'll go at it and we'll just look at the dynamics of preaching and the different things. And I'm like, dude, I just want Jacob to be Jacob. Don't imitate nobody. Jacob, just be Jacob. And let your heart speak. And church, we truly are blessed by Jacob and Kyla. We are blessed that Jacob, he first, he loves Christ with all of his heart. And Jacob is that husband that will provide and protect for his bride. And Jacob is that, that father for uh, Eliza and Amabel that is that is dad that is going to lead his family in the things of the Lord that just him and Kyla will lead these kids in a, in a right way to honor and love Jesus and then Jacob puts uh, finances and, and even breakaway in, in, the, in the priority of it's first Jesus and then it's Kyla and then it's the girls and then it's church and we never let that get out of order we never let that get out of order and in that we have truly a wonderful leader. And I wanted you as the church to see what happens every Wednesday. This isn't anything new like this. The worship team, Jacob preaching, what takes place on a Wednesday, what happened today, it's such quality, man. It, it, it is so rare and it is so special to have what God is allowing to take place here in this church. I wish every church had this. I wish every church had this. We don't take advantage of this. It's beautiful. It's Holy Spirit moving through these ministries and moving in our teenagers in truly in such a way that they would honor and glorify God. And what a privilege it is to have Jacob and Kyla just saying, listen, you guys run with this thing and you guys go with this thing. And we have guided and directed them and just released them. And God is doing a mighty work, a mighty work Wednesday after Wednesday after Wednesday after Wednesday. It's amazing to see the laughter and the fun and the games and the competition. And then it just boils down to come in to the sanctuary and have a time of true just worship and word as these young adults are just seeking Christ. They're passionate about the Lord. They're passionate about the word. They're passionate about serving Jesus. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I wanted you as parents, I wanted you as those who financially make it possible to function at such a level to see the quality and to see what God is doing every week, every Wednesday. Man, it's something dynamic and it's something special. And brother, you just, you smoked it today, man. I'm so proud of you. Just crushed it. Come on. Man, I love our team. We are so good. What a good team. Man, I love it. And I'm just so proud 
of this church as well. I want you to be a part of your house, man. This is your house. This is your family. I want you to know God is doing something so special here. God's mighty hand is working in such a powerful way in our teenagers and our young adults and you and me. God's working in me and Renee and just there's just something incredible taking place and I want you to see it. I want you to be a part of it and that you would know man, God is doing a work here. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. God is doing a powerful work in this house and we are truly, truly grateful and we are thankful. So can you please show great appreciation to Jacob and Kyla. Come on, amen. Come on, amen. So good. So good. I love it, I love it, I love it. We are blessed. We are so blessed. Come on, amen. Hey, tonight is Seek. Man, don't miss it. It's 6 o'clock. We're going to have a powerful... Listen, when the worship team... The, the, the worship team for Sundays doesn't worship on Sunday morning and then you have Seek Sunday night, it will be next level tonight, man. I'm telling you, it'll be next level. So man, if you are available, come out for Seek. Let's seek the Lord in song and in prayer and let's give God the month of July for this month belongs to him. I love you. God bless you. See you tonight at Seek. If anyone needs prayer for any reason, we'd love to pray with you right over here. Come on, God bless. Amen.